Okay, so it's been basketball season, but we've only been talking about that other sport that we are too depressed to talk about right now. And it's just a a natural transition to basketball since the sport we will not name is on a break until they play another game against a team from the state that Derek lives in. Talking about the Gators, Derek's in the Sunshine State. I'm in the state that has freezing rain right now. Oof. Yeah, that's it's like everyday freezing rain. I don't know. I, I Indiana's got some perks, but this isn't one of them. I'm pretty sure it's not. So what is your uh, early impression of the basketball season? Obviously positive, right? You know, first I want to say that I, I can't confirm it could have been divine intervention, but I swear last year kind of went something similar on Wolverine Sounds where football kind of comes to a, a sad end. And there's just kind of a dead air for a while. And it's like, oh, well, basketball has been going on for a while. Let's talk about basketball. Okay, so you're naming the sport. I'm not. Ah, see, you're right. I I messed up. But let me tell you what. This podcast, I think, is uh, going to be much better than last year's first basketball podcast because I can't think of a team really playing better uh, right now in all of college basketball uh, than, than Michigan. And, and they might not be the best team in college basketball, uh, pound for pound, uh, but they're playing the best basketball I've seen. I mean, you've got big wins over Villanova, uh, North Carolina, Purdue, uh, a pl- winning in a place like Evanston uh, against Northwestern where Michigan hasn't won in, in three tries uh, coming out. First close game of the season coming out with a win. I'm very, very impressed. So my first impressions are, Season's going way better than I anticipated, at least this early. Yeah, well, we always have to add the caveat that no matter how bleak it seems right now, John Beeline teams get better and better until they peak in like February. And so at no point was I going to feel like legitimately down about the team. Mm-hmm. It's just that the, uh, the, 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 the level of play right now at this point in the season, we haven't seen that since the year they went to the national championship. And it might even be better than that. You know, it's it's hard to compare on the spot off the top of my head, but um it, it seems like I guess at least to that level and could be better. For me, I mean that's I mean, let's talk about this. Are we are you so are you surprised? Because I feel like that team in 2013, 2014, like I expected them to dominate, and even they surprised me a lot. And then they had some kind of uh, bad games in the Big Ten season. This team, I expected to be good again as the season goes on, like beeline teams as of late. But I mean, they've performed well beyond my expectations. And I don't care at what level Villanova, North Carolina, and Purdue are this early in the season because I can almost promise that those teams are going to be tournament teams that can and probably will make an impact. Uh, Let me put it this way. Some of the results have surprised me, like beating Villanova by almost 30, stomping on North Carolina and Purdue. But the overall level of play hasn't been surprising because, like I said, you expect this from a John Beeline team at some point. 
Mm-hmm. It's just that it came earlier this year than it normally does. So some of those results are surprising, sure, because even if you could uh, make the case that Michigan is playing the, the best basketball in the country, you wouldn't put money on them to go out and beat Villanova by almost 30. Yeah. So that, that's that's been a little surprising. But overall, no, I can't really say I'm surprised. And I I don't know why I said 13-14. It was the 20-12 uh, uh, 2013 season. I didn't even catch it. It's yeah. it's, I, it's uh, a long season over the the last part of the year and much into the next year. So I always when I when I know it's the 13 national championship they play in, I always say 13 14 season. We need but, like a, a fake news fact checker. Yeah, we do on the that show. Way, we deserve that. We deserve a lot of things. We've come a long way from our volunteer days. I mean, I I know we drive that point home a lot, but well, I'm you know. employed now because of those volunteer days. I am too. I mean, I. Just just started a job. I know you did too recently, and that's the first thing I talked about. What was that my place called? As a volunteer. What you was know, it called? Were we volunteered? Yeah. You Go know? Blue something. Was it Go Blue Radio? Yeah, something like that. I don't remember. It's hard to take a jab at a company that you can't remember the name of. Especially when it got us as far as we have today. Wow, interesting. Yeah, it's even I, it's remarkable <laughs> that we remember. <laughs> So when I look at the schedule, I'm impressed with uh, Purdue, UNC, and, uh, and and Villanova wins the most. But be, maybe because of the fashion they won. But honestly, one of the most impressive games was the most recent game uh, winning at Northwestern, a team that, that stormed back. And in every game so far, at least the big ones, the Purdue, UNC, and, and Villanova, even though it was maybe a 15 to 20 point game early in the second half, those teams made runs as well. Uh, Michigan kind of took the, took the run and then, and then took it to a next level and kind of bounced back. So you, you trade basket or Villanova makes, or sorry, UNC makes a run. You trade baskets for a while. Michigan makes another run. They end up winning by double digits. Northwestern makes a run and takes a lead late in the game. And like we talked about, this is new territory. Uh, for Michigan this season. And so I'm most impressed with how they responded to a Northwestern team who I thought played really, really well. Isn't it kind of weird, though, that like it took until the ninth game after playing Villanova, North Carolina, and Purdue to get that test? That's just so weird to even think about. It is, yeah, it, it is. And, and I think of the how the games have gone there, uh, recently losing on buzzer beaters, I mean, overtime, uh, losses at Northwestern. It's been a tough place to play for some reason. Whereas, in the I was looking at um, the other sport that you don't want to talk about. I was looking at attendance and in terms of capacity, like Northwestern actually brought out some pretty good numbers for their football program this year. And so we used to joke about, oh wow, Michigan playing at Northwestern is basically another home game because of all the alumni in the area. Northwestern fans were loud. I mean, the, the bench was going crazy, and, and that actually seems to be a team that's been heading in the right direction. And so I'm not surprised that it was Northwestern that put up the fight. Uh, and I also will say I won't be surprised moving forward if another team does. After South Carolina, you've got two games you should win against Western Michigan and Air Force, and then uh, you've got Big Ten play soon after that as soon as the New Year turns. Michigan plays Northwestern again January 13th at home, obviously. Um, do you think Northwestern's coach will slap the floor again? I, f- I hope so. I hope he does too. Uh, I'm a it's big good fan for a two-point loss. Floor. Yeah, I'm 
Anytime Michigan State slaps the four, love it. I think it's good social media content. I think it's just fun. Uh, I would love to see him do so again. I mean, you can always create more memes that are similar to the memes yeah. before, but better. So Jay Wright didn't slap the floor. <laughs> Roy Williams didn't slap the floor. Yeah. Matt Painter didn't slap the floor. I think everybody needs to take note here. Watch the Northwestern Michigan tape and you'll look around on the court and you'll be like, yeah, they're doing this a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's the key. It Coach is. was out. Uh, darn near midcourt slapping slapping the floor i swear at one time he was on the court at at midcourt like in the middle of the court not tom, just, tom crane used to do stuff like that he did yes he did he, i mean he it, was a sixth defender it's he's a he's got a personality somehow both north northwestern coaches are the two premier programs, I guess you could call them at their school, seem to have very unique personalities. So good for Northwestern. So let's talk individuals here. Who has been the most impressive to you? I'm looking at three big-time candidates. John Teske, Charles Matthews, Iggy Brasdakis. Unless you want to throw in like Xavier Simpson, who I think has been really good. But those three to me have been the standouts. I would probably uh, take out Charles Matthews and put in Jordan Poole. Um, the reason being Charles Matthews was almost coming back and expected to be the go-to guy. Uh, and Jordan Poole's had uh, a really good clip of games uh, and then won the, the player of the week for the, the Big Ten, which John Beeline doesn't care about, by the way. I know that that was probably overstated. Um, yeah. That week, but I've been really impressed with him because he's in a new role, a starting role. Uh, has to has to produce. It looks like he's uh, going to go on that sophomore run that many John Beeline's best players do. Uh, but overall, I'm most impressed with John Teske. I think that was the biggest question mark. How do you replace Mo Wagner? John Teske has gone from a, a, what I believe to be a good backup as the season went on last year to one of the most significant players, and I and I don't think there's any way to argue that he's. He's the, the biggest player. He's, he's a dominant force down low. And John Beeline is encouraging him to shoot three-pointers, which I would not have expected, honestly. It makes sense to John Beeline offense, but he would get mad if he doesn't take one. And I don't know if he's ever going to make them at a high enough clip to make a difference, but you can put in a three-pointer from uh, a seven-footer in a, in a game and a, a moment that really matters. That's going to bring a big boost to your offense. Well, the way – Teske three-pointers matter isn't that he's making them and like contributing points wise it's that he's making just enough of them to draw the fifth defender out of the paint which is exactly what killed teams like Purdue with Mo Wagner their defense had no answer for five shooters on the floor so I, I think I think it doesn't have really a whole lot to do with him becoming like a 35 40% three point shooter or, or anything like that. I think it's just can you make one or two a game and and draw the fifth defender away. That's going to be the the big thing going forward. And you know, he made a couple against Purdue, but I don't know, I think it's too early probably to to anticipate which direction that'll go. 
Yeah, for me, I mean, you you go from barely playing a freshman season to to getting some good backup minutes a season ago, and and really more than doubling minutes this year. And and again, there's a different player than Mo Wagner. Just his ability to to start now uh, and be a lead contributor in in many ways. Uh, block parties. It seems like all every night uh, he's out there on the floor, and it comes with size, obviously. I feel like that's the type of player that John Beeline can really excel having. Even though you you definitely uh, maybe prefer a Mo Wagner in some of the things that he brought to the game more consistently, but I think for this team, uh, they seem like they gel better on offense with the starting lineup this year compared to the starting lineup last year. All right, it's been all positive so far, and the other end of the seesaw needs some weight, as I like to say. What in the world was Xavier Simpson doing against Northwestern shooting however many threes in a row in crunch time? I think he's got confidence for good reason. Uh, I think maybe last year uh, you've got maybe notable playmakers uh, who you try to get the ball to in, in game situations. Uh, you, you saw the ball in Mo Wagner's hands a lot at the end of the game, Charles Matthews in the tournament. Um, and I feel like he's got the confidence now, even though his free throw uh, shooting is not great, his three-point average isn't great. I think he has the confidence to where he wants to make the big shot in a big moment. He, he didn't make it. He got another chance. He didn't make it. And I believe he might have taken a third uh, and he didn't make it. He gets yeah, it was benched. like at least three. And it was it made me uncomfortable. And you could tell he was on. Un- speaking of uncomfortable, you could tell he was uncomfortable on the bench, and that's not where he wanted to be. And and don't blame him at all. He's an outstanding competitor. We even mentioned him as as one of the significant players because he is. He will continue to be. I think that time on the bench will be important for him. But I wouldn't be surprised if he takes more shots like that in big games because he is a player that can make big plays we normally see him drive and and get a fancy layup or he has this awesome hook working for him uh, but I think he wants to be a guy that can pull up and drain a three too and he can make those he has made those uh, it was a little frustrating to watch it against Northwestern but he wants to be a playmaker and a go-to guy and, and I think he'll continue to to take those shots if he's open thing is though like he, he can be a playmaker without taking that shot he's a great driver good facilitator. He hits buckets in traffic. He's got the freaking sky hook going for him. I don't understand why he's taking these three pointers because he can, he can be a total difference maker late in a game without doing that. It was just mind boggling to me. Yeah. I mean, maybe the, at the rate he shot them and, and was missing. Uh, but again, if, if you're letting John Teske pull up every time he's open and, and trying to nail three, it's like, I, I feel like, players want to make shots and I don't know if it really matters where it comes from not that he can't uh, be efficient in all those other ways you mentioned and and oftentimes well oftentimes he's going to drive in and kick out to the shooter and they're that's how they're going to get most of their points beyond the arc but I still don't blame him for having the confidence to to step up and try and knock down a shot even if that means you miss three in a row, you don't like to see that in a close game. I think that that would be a conversation that he's had with John Beeline. But I guarantee you he takes more three-pointers from here on out. And hopefully he can start making some uh, to, to improve. And then, and then free-throw shooting is one of the things, if we want to talk more of a negative, 
it still hasn't been great. And there are going to be games where that matters. And I would just love to see that number improve overall. We would be remiss if we didn't talk about Brad Stakis uh, leading the team with 17 points a game. He's the Big Ten's most hated player, I could assume. I can't think of another player who's got that going for him. Can you? No. I mean, he has been so impressive. Part of me has the confidence in John Beeline and his recruiting where I feel like we've come a long way years ago. You kind of question the recruits and then you hope that they turned into something after year one or year two. This is a guy that had the potential to be this good uh, and he's turning out to be this good. And, And so I didn't mention him over Teske because I almost kind of expected him to come in and make an impact, not maybe as playing as well as he already is, um, but I would have been disappointed, I guess I could say, if 10 games into the season, he hadn't wowed people, at least in some way. I think the way he, like his, his demeanor on the court is what gets him that, like the, the feistiness that people don't really like. And you couple that with just a, a raw talent, and it's pretty deadly. Like he's going to upset some Big Ten teams this season, and then hopefully some more teams in the NCAA tournament. And I, I, I it's, it's it's easy to say he's only a freshman, and so you know he could hit these slumps, and I'm sure he will. But he doesn't seem like like the kind of guy who's gonna who's gonna falter for too long. He's gonna keep shooting. He's gonna keep you know, flexing. Like that's just it seems like that's just the way he is, and. Of course, we love it being on this side of it. I'm sure we'd hate it if we were like state fans or a fan of any other team in the country. But it's awesome that it's here. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's going to have some quieter games that, that happens. But I also feel like he could honestly have a game where he puts up 40 points. And I would not be surprised to see that at some point in the Big Ten season. And then it's just a matter of where things go from there, what the tournament looks like. Uh, but ultimately... He's honestly looking like a, more of a one-and-done player than, than we've seen in, in recent history at John Beeline. That's for sure. It's a blessing and a curse, I guess you could say, but I'm very impressed with his ability to get to the rim. He's not afraid to knock down the big shot from outside. His defense has seemed to improve. You could correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like as the season's gone on, he's looked better on the defensive end, uh, whereas the first couple of games he seemed a little bit lost, and that's just a matter of experience. Uh, and, and playing it with the guys of different speeds and a different level, uh, even though he's played some really high-level basketball. But, yeah, he is – I mean, he's he's draining, I think, over 40% of his three-pointers, and that's a guy that can get to the rim and do that. I mean, that's Nick Stavska's sophomore year, and like you said, this guy's nine games into his freshman year. Yeah, um, 40, 44% from behind the arc. <laughs> that's pretty good. And he can slam at home. He's got he's got some pure raw athleticism that's really exciting to watch. Do you have uh, Do you happen to have the schedule up? Yeah. Okay. I want you to tell me when do you think Michigan's first loss will come? Ooh, I was thinking about this. I mean, you. The you easy naturally... answer is at Wisconsin, right? January nineteenth. That's the easy answer. Yeah, I, I would say that that's 
really high possibility, but I wouldn't be surprised if they drop one before that. And I know that looking at the schedule, you've beaten Northwestern, should be able to take care of Illinois. Indiana looks like they could have a really good team. They look like it's going to be kind of a game-per-game basis. They might blow a team out, and then they might struggle. Penn State has uh, has been able to play some good basketball. And then, honestly, like I don't have a lot of comfort uh, even this weekend against South Carolina. I don't think Michigan will lose, um, and especially no other game on the rest of the calendar year. But South Carolina could be a tougher matchup than, than we anticipate as well. You don't think it'll be Air Force, though? You know what? It, that's like one of those games where people aren't paying attention. It's the holiday season. Like It was like the who'd they lose to one of those years New Jersey Institute of Technology. Yeah, I mean that. I don't know if that was a. <laughs> I was near, just thinking of that. I don't know if that was a late December, early December. I know it was in December because I was. I remember being in Chicago, and it's one of those games where I didn't pay attention to because it's like I got things to do, and and next thing you know, it's like what? Like I it got might a notification. not have been televised. I probably wasn't. Are, are these uh, any of these December games? Is the Air Force televised? Probably is. Probably BTN. BTN does a good job BTN. of covering things now. BTN, yeah. So if, if I had to take a pick, I would go with the safe answer at Wisconsin, January 19th. But if I had to pick something before then, maybe they lose to Penn State, January 3rd. Penn State's been impressive enough to me that I think they could go on the road and, and upset a team on a Thursday night. You know, I like the fact that those two games coming off of the holiday break are at home. I think that helps. I think the crowd's been really good in Ann Arbor. I've seen a lot of people say it's been more impressive this year than last. So I like that the Penn State-Indiana matchups are at home. Uh, I like that uh, seems like Michigan have a good chance to win at Illinois. And then again in a rematch against Northwestern. I mean, how many games? Well, that's eight more games. And so you're talking about 17-0 and heading into Wisconsin. Is that correct? Uh, sure, I'm not going to do the math. I'll trust you. That is better than the 2012-2013 uh, season, I believe. Off the I top of my head, they I were don't know. 16. Uh, we're, really, we're really playing with fire here, I'll tell you what. <laughs> you got anything else to add before we cut the cord? You know, just again, Pull the I'm plug. really, really impressed. I just, I'm most interested in the reaction when they lose. Um, and I say when, knowing that it's college basketball teams lose. Uh, and then if it's to a team that maybe no one expects, if that reaction gets worse, it's definitely not going to be the fire beeline crowd that we saw last year. But I wouldn't be surprised. That we see every year. Every year. I mean, is it uh, Jim Harbaugh will never beat Ohio State crowd? Or is it fire beeline crowd? Or is it something kind of in between? All of them there are, They share similarities, but I don't think they're made up of – the exact same people. They're definitely not. I, I don't want to say any names and never do that, but I we can talk offline. I have examples of people who are a part of one crowd and not the other. And that's just I love, the I dynamic. Love gossip. <laughs> okay, so we'll 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 end it with that there, the the comparison between John Beeline and Jim Harbaugh. If you want to check us out, uh, you can do that at Wolverine Sounds. That's where you can subscribe on iTunes. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ty underscore Fenwick. You can follow Derek at Divine Identity. So thanks for listening. Go Blue. Go Blue.